Hi everybody, welcome to the film show. I'm Mike Shorten, that's Steve Mullumby, that's Brian Lloyd. That over there is producer Dave. Oi, oi. Uh, he's got two decks now, have you seen that? Decks. Yeah, what's Ooh, that about? Fancy. Decks. What's um, that about? You can't see, you can't see this um, uh, listener slash viewer, um, but producer Dave is a whole new, very slick setup. You look, you look like that Calvin Harris fella. <laughs> Thank you, he's also a handsome. A bit of that, bit of that. You look, are you excited with your new stuff and your new equipment? Clearly. I can hear it in his voice, my God. Yeah. So excited. I've never, I've never heard you so worked up, producer Dave. Okay, so this week, it's actually, there's actually some good stuff. There was nothing out last week, so we did a yeah. Halloween special, which I have to say I really enjoyed. I, I really I enjoyed, enjoyed doing it, You didn't yeah. get much of a word in now, listening back. <laughs> I did realise uh, yeah. that when I was listening back, I was like, yeah, you guys got really excitable or something. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's because you, you're really into the horror movies. I am, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll, admit, I'll admit that. Yeah, I felt bad about that when you said it to me afterwards. Yeah, he didn't get worried about it. <laughs> I was like, ah, crap. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. No, I am into, really into horror, yeah. Before we tee off on this week's reviews, because there is some good stuff out, I, wa- I started watching Sabrina, uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, on your yeah. recommendation. Three and a half hours of my life, I'm not going to get back. Didn't like it? Like halfway through the third episode, um, or the, was it the fourth? I don't know. I was just, we were bought, me and my girlfriend brought on our phones. Was, yeah, yeah, why are we doing yeah. this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. It's just noise in the background. You know, wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan at all. Yeah, I get that. You were a big fan of. The I really like the. Yeah. I oh, love the original, original series is really yeah, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it's based on a comic book, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've seen the first episode and I'm kind of I'm kind of tuning in and out of the second one. I have to say, I haven't really. Hasn't I haven't grabbed gotten, you. No, hasn't grabbed hasn't. you. I'll probably like watch it in my time off, but I have so many bloody movies to catch up on <laughs> as it is. So. The life of a film critic, lads, huh? I tell you what, The though, life of a film critic, you have, to, you have to go and review the films. Yeah. I tell you what, though, speaking of uh, stuff on TV and what, what we're watching, kind of as opposed to movies, because this is the film show, but we're mm. talking about TV. Why not? Finished um, Haunted Hill House. Brilliant. Told very, you. very good. Brilliant. Last two episodes ruined it. Well, not ruined it, but they were just like, eh. But everything up to that, incredible. Okay, really, really why, what was your it. issue? Um, I thought it was kind of wrapped up a little bit too neatly in the final episode. It was yeah. just a little Did bit Did you take too... a star away because of it, there might have a second season? <laughs> yes, actually, I did. Yes, actually, I did. No, but I thought it was brilliant. Like, my, And yeah, I, yeah, you were saying that uh, Mike Flanagan, who directed all the episodes of it, and he's now going to do Doctor Sleep, um, the Shining sequel. Yeah, as I was watching it, I was like, he is the perfect character there was a big thing on. with Jason Blum and him around Blumhouse who you know, did Halloween and have yeah. Get Out have done a bunch of these low budget genre picks that have made a fortune mm-hmm. worldwide where, yeah Oculus and um, which is obviously a Mike Flanagan movie and another Mike Flanagan movie um, which was a Ouija yeah. Origin of yeah. Evil uh, I watched that the other night um, it's actually it's dark good lord it's dark it ends dark starts dark it's just dark but very good though enjoyed mm. it a lot of the same cast as Hill House yeah. um, but there was a big thing with him uh, going to Netflix yeah. so Netflix got Mike Flanagan and Bloom Jason Bloom was saying on Bill Simmons podcast he was he was fierce pissed off I mean yeah because he's losing the talent he's somebody yeah. that would have been Pretty made a lot, made a lot of money for yeah. for uh, for Blumhouse, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, you know, I, I you go where the money's at. You go where the and money's at. I'm sure at. that that's that's it. Mike Flanagan got mercenary. Got about yeah, like, D be working for for <laughs> a competitor <laughs> site now in the couple days. I'm gonna just come back to the ego. <laughs> go where the money's at. <laughs> just gotta do it. Gotta go where the money's at. Do it. Gotta go where the money's at. Like Kenny Powers. 
All right. Okay. So the big release this week um, was probably Widows. Would we say, say Widows? Widows yeah. I mean, Overlord was pretty big. Yeah, Overlord's funny because we'll and we'll get to both. Mm. But uh, Widows has just this insane cast, and it's an ensemble cast as well. But do the trailers give something away here, D? Because I tried to get to this last night and I couldn't get to it. Or are, do people are people killed early on, and then it's 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 a whole different group of people? Well, I mean, it's kind of in that the title, isn't that was very it? Broad. Widows. So we have an idea that there could have meant black widows. <laughs> could have been could have been a typo for windows. Yeah, <laughs> this movie's about windows. <laughs> oh my god, I got it wrong the whole time. It was symbolism. Um, but yeah, it's an incredible ensemble. So you have, of course, Viola Davis in there, Liam Neeson, Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, um, Cynthia Irvio, who I love. She was in Bad Times at the El Royale, which we reviewed, I think, a few weeks to yeah. months ago at this point. Um, but that was kind of her first big role. And she's in this as well. And she's great in it as kind of the babysitter. Who, John Barenthal's in there as well. Yeah. 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 Like always loads. like him and stuff. Oh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Of course. How could you forget him. about Colin Farrell? There's James a lot Farrell. of people in this movie. I just forgot to list him in the long list of names. Okay, so this is um, uh, Gillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl, yep. which mm-hmm. is a huge hit, Brian. Yep. It's for Steve McQueen, who's like, you know, 12 Years a Slave, yeah. Shame. Shame in particular is tough going. Yeah. Hunger as well, Michael yeah. Fassbender too. This is this more of a broader... Very accessible. This is him probably... This is the most accessible film he has ever made, really. Um... Like and what's interesting, I think, as well, is the fact that I would never have thought in a million years that Steve McQueen would make a heist film, much less a film that you know was written by Gillian Flynn that was based on the Linda Laplante TV series from the eighties. Like you just wouldn't put them together. Um, he's, I mean, I'm not saying that he was the wrong director for it, but I do think if it was in the hands of another director, it would have been a vastly different film. I think that's clear. Mm-hmm. I think he really does put his own stamp on it. Um, in a negative way? No, in a good way. In a good way. In the sense that, like, he... Just Michael Fassman are naked from the waist down. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, him and... We're <laughs> 60 seconds. You're like, Whoa. didn't see that coming. That's right there. Yeah. Right there. Um, no, but, like, I think when you look at 12 Years a Slave and you look at Shame, the one thing that um, Steve McQueen does really well is, is he's able to kind of capture uh, subplot and subtext really, really clearly, I think. He can really kind of make it come to the surface very easily and that's just because like of the way he sets the camera up the way he kind of edits and shoots a scene and really what i think the kind of the subtext of widow is is about ignorance is about like you know how people will basically bury their head in the sand and not look at something because it's just an easier life and the whole thing about the widows in this viola davis and elizabeth de becky and all these is that Every single one of them has been burying their head in the sand about their, what their husbands were up to. Like Liam Neeson, he's this like career criminal. He's just been a criminal all his life. He's Viola Davis. He's husband. Viola Davis. Viola Davis's husband. And when Brian Tyree Henry, who's this criminal that Liam Neeson has stolen from and dies trying to steal his money, and that's not spoilers by the way, that's in. As Dee pointed out, it's called widows. It's called widows. Um, she's like, I don't know anything about his business. I don't know anything about his business. And she's like, yeah, look. And Brian Tyree Henry's like, look, you're in this beautiful apartment. You've had money all, you know, the entire time you're with him. You knew exactly what you were getting up to. And then when it cuts to Michelle Rodriguez's character, her, um, like, uh, her, her uh, design business, her dress design business is being taken over by 
by criminals are there taking all the stuff away mm. and she's all like this is my business I own this I think they're like loan sharks they're loan sharks or something. They, yeah. yeah yeah and the guys are like yeah your husband didn't tell you he basically sold this business to us so and it's all about them having to confront reality and that's the subtext of it and that's something that Steve Queen does really well is getting subtext and making it more clear sounds pretty literal to me anyway D what did literal, you think of the yeah, film fine, but like making subtext <laughs> above the surface whatever I don't know it sounded so intelligent. It's like you're like one of those politicians that gives rhetoric on the on the on the on the stump and gives all this rhetoric, and then you're like, oh my god, he's he's really really makes sense. And you go, hang on a second, it's all, it's all. You mean it's all words and complete baloney, <laughs> yes, basically. Dear, yes, dear. Hang on. dear Jack. Uh, okay, you were saying what he was saying that you were saying. Yeah, he was trying. See, I got great. You were <laughs> <laughs> saying what you were saying. Only one that you up, Brian. Do you were you kind of like this, but you weren't a huge fan. I was fan. a bit underwhelmed, to be honest. Um, I just felt like it was taking ages to kind of get going. Like I was expecting a heist movie, to be honest, and it ends up being more of a kind of emotional drama and about these women and kind of their journeys. And that's fine, and that's really interesting. And I think particularly Viola Davis and um, Elizabeth Debicki's characters take really interesting journeys um michelle rodriguez doesn't really get yeah. as much a look in which is weird because she's quite high build and then they just kind of forget about her character which i thought was a bit weird especially given that she's the only one of them who's like a mother so i thought that could have been interesting to kind of delve more into her character and how you know the death of her husband has kind of impacted them as a family unit but they just kind of forgot that her character existed um as well it gets quite um and i'm a big fan of gone girl i love gone girl i thought that was great but there's something that happens in this that's very jillian flynn-esque that kind of irked me to be honest because i was like oh this is like too much and it's kind of almost a bit like in the original silly or something i'm sure it was in the original um but i always think that those kind of certain like twists and stuff and you know when it's suddenly like oh my gosh all along those kind of things I think they always work better in books and they're kind of harder to pull off in films I think that the reason why a director like David Fincher was able to pull it off in Gone Girl is because stylistically he just went all out well he embraced the pulpiness of Gone Girl yeah exactly and I think that's what worked there whereas this he was kind of Steve McQueen I felt was kind of trying to play it straight and it didn't really work like it ended up being a bit dumb like the screening I went to last night it was really weird there were people kind of laughing during the credits and it was from like one side of the room so I was almost wondering if something happened I don't know maybe someone farted or something I don't know no but I mean they were hilarious they are hilarious I I couldn't tell like what happened that's why I was wondering if you were at that screening and if something had happened (laughs) did you fart at that screen last night if something had happened over there that Uh, people were kind of laughing at or maybe was it a kind of release of the tension or something (laughs) I just find it kind of I don't know I was trying to figure it out but I felt like coming out of that screening everyone was a bit like oh that wasn't what I expected but for me it wasn't in a good way I still liked it I enjoyed it but I thought it was flawed flawed I was just saying about Gone Girl there's no mad that Ben Affleck's Mickey's just at the end of Gone Girl spoiler you can't see it though I've gone back oh you can't see it you can see see it but it's like one scene I know he turns around and it's it's big Ben Affleck Mickey's right there but I mean Ah, it's it's a bit like that bit in The Star is Born where it's like oh Lady Gaga's naked okay was in the toilet for that bit? Where, 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 where. Yeah, the Do you bit, not remember yeah. that? I when the bit when they're in the bath. When oh, they're in the bath, yeah. 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 But it's My, like, 
It's, 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 I mean, first gratuitous. No, but in Gone Girl, it's, it's just, just like a ben bit Affleck strange and... when like really big name mainstream yeah. actors are suddenly naked. Yeah. Well, Chris Pine like really gets his Mickey out in that. I, I heard that. Finger, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We've been, uh, I feel like I've taken us down a path of frontal male nudity. But to be fair, Stephen McQueen took us down that path to begin with. This is true. Michael Fassbender. That's true. Right? Yeah. Right there. Okay. So you liked it more than D, Brian. I did. Yeah. Okay. What? did. Four stars? I gave it four stars. I mean, and like, I. Everything that Dee is saying is correct in the sense of like it is very much being billed as a heist thriller, but it's more kind of like a drama so than it trick people. Yeah, it you is. You expect that when you see Stephen Queen's name. Exactly. Attached exactly. To it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it is true that like he does play the twist in it. He does play it straight. But I don't think you know, again, I think if a director if another director, like say if David Fincher had taken this on right and directed this yeah he probably would have played with the pulpiness and played with the pulpiness of that twist but when it happens in the film it was kind of like okay i see i saw this coming i knew this was coming and i felt like it was a bit like when i was watching the film at no point did i feel like it was ever out of control i never yeah. felt like i was never surprised by what happened but at the same time it was done so well and executed so well that i was kind of like okay well i'm just enjoying seeing how well this is done. But did you not think it was a bit underwhelming, especially given that it's Steve McQueen? Because, I mean, he has directed 12 Years a Slave yeah. which and the likes of, like, Shame and Hunger and everything, on which you go on these huge emotional yeah, yeah. journeys and you're really kind of, like, shaken to the core with those movies. And this definitely lacked that. That's what I'm saying, but it's it's him being accessible. Like, it's him trying to kind well, it's of... it's a Gillian Flynn script and it's based on a BBC miniseries from yeah. the 80s. It's going to be... It's going to be pretty... Yeah, broad. Broad, like, you know, like I know, and he, I think oh, compared what, at least compared to what he's done before. Exactly, that's it. Like, and I do think there is an element to this of him maybe flattening certain some of his artistic. Before impulses. we move on, mm. you, like what are Liam Neeson and Colin Farrell like in this? Very good. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah, Colin yeah. Farrell, especially. Colin Farrell, especially. He's just oh my god, he's so good in he everything. Get his, doesn't get his dues really, Colin mm, Farrell, no. does he? Mm. It's very interesting about how he's choosing his roles now because he's not going for the all-out starring roles. He's kind mm-hmm. of gone second and third tier. Yeah. Um, and just being a name as opposed to... I think to, that suits him, to be honest. Yeah, I think, does, yeah. I think when he's when he's to carry a film himself, it, it can sometimes falter. Like, I mean, then again, like, I mean, Bone Boots, okay, fine, that was great thriller, but that was a long time ago. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think getting the supporting roles means that he has a bit more kind of free will yeah. as opposed to, like, being controlled and maybe that's better for him. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. But he's really good in it, though. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Okay, yeah. so let's move on. Uh, Overlord. Um, this one was, it looks strange to begin yeah. with because it's a genre hybrid and they always look strange and you never know how they're going to uh, come off. But the director of it got a big franchise. has gotten a big franchise, hasn't he? Mm, Julius Avery. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be doing one of the, I'm not 100% sure what he's going to do. But yeah, he's kind of, He's on that trajectory. So as soon as you hear that, you're like, okay, some other studio's mm. seen this and it's very good. It's J.J. Abrams produced a set World War II and there are zombies, Deirdre. There are yes. zombies. You were speaking about zombies last week and all, lads. Mm-hmm. And she loves zombies. She's you, mad you're for mad, zombies. You're mad yeah. for the zombies. I'm mad for the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> mad for the zombies. So I am. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is good. This I is from, really from liked it. Of you. It's good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Why though? I just... I don't know where to even start with this. Okay, well, first of all, you 
love Wyatt Russell yeah. pretty much playing Kurt Russell, it's which brilliant. is amazing in yeah. the first place. And he, like, he looks like him as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He looks so, like, like him. But his, yeah. his character is like so cynical and he kind of like takes it upon himself to be like the leader of these like mm. soldiers and stuff. And he's just like, he's got all these one-liners, which are gas. I, I can't quote because I can't remember them. Probably Brian will remember them knowing his memory when it comes to watching movies. But I thought it was like... Shit a, with everything else <laughs> when it comes to watching but movies. But I thought it was a great balance of horror and war drama a drama and then there was comedy in it as well like there were some really really funny moments it was very much kind of aware of itself and how kind of dumb it was but it was also very kind of playful with that but not kind of wink wink to the audience either it was just really really enjoyable and thrilling and fun that's right up your street brian White. exactly exactly like i mean if we were to draw like a venn diagram like zombies horror War movies, action, like bang, that's right. Yeah, this, in, this diagram yeah. is everywhere. I'm yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I like my interest right in the middle. Yeah. Um, but it does everything so well. Like it's not kind of just throwing it all in, yeah. and throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. Like they're all kind of delved into and done really well. Yeah, that's actually area. yeah, that's actually an interesting point because like the part, like the opening sequence of it is D-Day and it's them parachuting into France, and that's done really well. Yeah. Like that's that really. Is there a hefty budget here? I, it's hard to tell, hard to but tell. it looks good. It's J.J. Abrams, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say 30 million, probably, in and around that. Because, I mean, like, none of the actors in it are terribly well-known. Like, I mean, the, I suppose the most well-known person in it would probably would be White Russell. Yeah, I'd say so, Or Pillow yeah. Eisbeck, who plays this, like, Nazi captain, who's mm. just, like... It's one of those things when you're watching it and you can see that the actor is loving every scene that they have in it. And this guy, right, he's playing this absolute horror of a human being... Uh, this Nazi captain and you can just see your man Pillow Osbeck is like I am going to just <laughs> chew the scenery the entire time and he is loving every bit of it like it's so fun it's so fun to watch somebody have fun playing a role because yeah. like, he's really enjoying it like and the same with Wyatt Russell as well like he's yeah. like total absolutely you could absolutely see Kurt Russell playing this in the 80s like you could just mm-hmm. totally see it like um, but yeah everything that D said yeah I mean it's really fun it's really enjoyable it's really entertaining the action sequences are done very, very well. The horror sequences, they really do build tension in it. Um, but it doesn't, like, one kind of complaint, or not complaint, but, like, somebody I remember said it to me was like, oh, do you not think they're kind of making light of World War II or yeah. they're making light of it? But I was like, no, they they do it very well. Like, I mean, Who they, said that? I'm not going to say who, but, like... Say was, who, let's no. shame them. It was my girlfriend. Oh, was it? Yeah, Kate said it. She was like, I think they're making fun of World War II. And I was like, just go see the film. Don't be... Maybe World War II was hilarious. You weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, like, it's it, they they grasp it very well. Like, they, they, they play it straight in that sense of, like, it's not, you know, like in Glorious Bastards where they're kind of, like, yucking it up a bit. Like, yeah. it, it's very straightforward in that regard. But it, it's really fun. Like, it's straightforward fun entertaining the performances are all good music is very well done the gore in it is very full on but it's so it's over the top it's kind of part of it it's yeah, kind of yeah. part of it like it's so over the top like when you see them getting the Nazis getting literally set on fire you're kind of like yes get those Nazis yeah, just like shoot those Nazis kill them um, and yeah and that, that's it like it, it's uh, been a long time since I've seen uh, a film that really kind of you know, Nazis are terrible, terrible people. We should not be, like, thinking these are good people. Like, you know, like Downfall, for example, where it's kind of like, oh, you know, they maybe the Nazis were people just led astray and, you know, that sort of way. Like, they kind of tries to humanize it. This doesn't do that at all. These are literally 
awful, terrible people and they deserve to be literally set on fire and shot at as much as possible. Like, so that, that, that's fun to watch. I think. So we had full frontal nudity this week, then we've gotten severe violence. Yeah. Um, D, what's the, the, the Grinch like? <laughs> I really liked it. I was actually pleasant. Segways. Did you like that? Did you like that segue, producer Dave? I enjoyed it. Yeah. So smooth. Thank you. Thank you. D, smooth continue. as butter. <laughs> Do you mean the movie The Grinch or this Grinch right here? Hey! <laughs> I can do the eyebrows as well. You can do the eyebrows. They're really good. I've said it before. I think your talents are wasted as a film critic. You're a because mean one. Mr. Grinch. Paint yeah, a green That's for pretty Christmas. unnerving. Yeah. I, isn't it? Isn't I feel like Lauren Michaels would be like, hmm, yes, let's snap him up. You're, what, what are you thinking? Um, yeah. Deep. Talk about the Grinch. I didn't okay. see this. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I um I went to it with my sister. We went to a family screening and it oh. was absolutely packed. Yeah. It was manic. It's gonna be huge, isn't it? E- e- yeah, everybody wanted to see this film, which I'm not surprised at. I got like two tickets last minute. So thank you for that, Universal. <laughs> um so yeah, we really, really liked it. I it's probably my favorite illumination entertainment movie since Despicable, minions me. Despicable Me yeah, yeah Minions Despicable Me uh, Secret Life of Pets which I wasn't a fan I of that. at all I enjoyed that yeah. really what's well, in New York though what's seen in New York I so know. yeah if you go back and watch it it's really lame and the characterization is paper thread thin and alright all Jesus all the gags are basically based on like look how cute animals are but I mean animals I could, are yeah, cute but I could just watch YouTube videos for an hour and a half and be way more entertained but like Kevin Hart plays a rabbit in it and he's like No. Yeah, wait wait to sidestep Louis C. Caven that um I haven't <laughs> seen Sing. That's the only one I haven't seen, and I think that one that was, was one of the biggest hits in Irish box office. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah which crazy, is crazy, yeah. 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 And um, Minions, which we're not gonna get into again. But you have you know, a really big you have really, a really big problem I with I really minions. don't like minions. And actually there's a minion short before this, and I was like, oh. But it's it's so crazy. It's like less than five minutes long. And literally, it's like, I don't know, watching two yellow things zip by a screen on acid. Like everything happens so quickly and so stupidly and unmotivatingly. Anyway, not going to get into the short. The Grinch is lovely. I think that it is going to do really well because it has that kind of family appeal. It's a sweet story. Like we we do know it. It doesn't do anything particularly new with it, but it it does have a lot of kind of gags yeah. thrown into it. And I think that on that basis, like parents will enjoy it. Yeah, it's an, it's it's know? obviously an old Doctor Zeus story, and yeah. um, Jim Carrey I think played most recently played the Grinch mm. and Ron mm, yeah. maybe not most recently, but from what I remembered, Ron think, Howard movie. I think that's the last, and that was version, a really yeah. big movie. Yeah. That movie yeah. was huge at the time. I remember. Jim Carrey was brilliant in it too. Yeah, and he I still has, watch like, it every Christmas. Do you? Yeah. It's one of those and it's funny what, what kind of movies people go back to every Christmas, isn't it? Did you ever yeah. hear that story about him on the set of The Grinch? Oh, that he was like intolerable. Yeah, basically he the amount of makeup that he needed for the live action Grinch was something like he to be in the makeup chair for like six hours. And it got that bad that the first day he did it, he said he went back to his trailer and put his foot through the wall. And said he wasn't going to do the movie. And then Brian Grazer had to call up. This is dead. This is serious. This is not just me making this up. Brian Grazer had to call in a torture expert. Bring him into the studio. Put him with Jim Carrey. And basically he had to train Jim Carrey how to withstand uh, sitting in a chair for six hours. He was like teaching him the techniques that the CIA used to (laughs) reject torture. And like some of it was like, you know, counting 100 back to one. Smoking and all this kind of thing. It was crazy apparently, yeah. Yeah. So, Cheapers. there you go. Earned his money. Brian Capedia. 
I like that. There you go. I like that. And I love how you had to clarify that. I'm not just making this up. I know, but it's like... <laughs> like, it's, sometimes I just make some stuff up and say it. Yeah, no, that can happen, yeah. See how it reverberates. Okay, D, what have you got for movie news? Flick back to my page. Um, Paddington Three is in the works, which is like yay! Wait, oh, just because it looks like a mat. It's a mat copy book. It is, isn't it? It's a mat copy. That's oh well. It came in a it came in a pack of three, and one was blank pages, one was line pages, and one was the little. I feel like I should pages. be doing my three times tables on that oh, thing. God, like. I'm having flashbacks. Right. Sorry, Paddington Three uh, was I think two of the best reviewed kids movies ever. Yeah, pretty ever. Much. I haven't seen either of them. <gasps> you have to. I think you'd really like them. Actually, really, why would I like them? Because everybody likes them. (laughs) (laughs) They just have a broad appeal. You would enjoy them. They're just really heartwarming. Producer Dave, have you seen any of them? I've seen both of them, actually. And I love them. There you go. Yeah. You can hear the emotion in his voice. Yeah. I did love them. They're brilliant. Do you have a Paddington Teddy? I did not. Would you like one? Uh, if you got one, yeah, why not? No one even know what to get there for Christmas. There There we are. We get we do the office Chris Kendall. There you go. There you go. Up. So what's going to happen with this? Because they've done okay at the box office, but they haven't exactly... No, I think they've done well. in the well. US, They've yeah, done yeah. reasonably well in it's England. Like, yeah, but it's yeah. like that with um, that Rowan Atkinson, the Johnny English series, mm. didn't make any money in America, but just made money kind of globally. Yeah. Is it the same type of vibe here? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, I thought that they did do well. No, they did do well because it, so. it, the second one, there was a, basically the second one, uh, if my understanding is correct, it was the Weinstein oh, Company. Oh, there was the Weinstein Company yeah. issue with the second one, yeah. yeah. So that delayed its release Ooh. in the States. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. know what was going to happen with it and then they weren't even sure if it was going to get a release in the US because of the Weinstein Company. No, I mean, I, it, it's... It, I think it's um, I think it's Warner's have it now. I think they? so. I'm not 100% yeah. certain. Yeah, but because I mean, it, it was David Heyman who said that this is in the works and he's from Warner's. Warner's, that's so. right, yeah. Um, yeah, I I too have not seen the first or second one. I know Hugh, Hugh Grant's supposed to be great in the second one. Yeah, oh, I hear that. So yeah. funny. Yeah. It's his best role in years, in years and years. Hugh Grant is really good and he's mm-hmm. really funny and charming and self-evasing in interviews. He's a brilliant. Yeah. He did that GQ thing with the uh, his most iconic roles in yeah. his cage at it, and he's brilliant doing it. Yeah, he's just taking the piss out of himself and just been really honest. And he's very that thing, um, very British affair is meant to be brilliant, isn't it? Where he's where they where what's his name? It's from him this? and Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. Yeah. The, who is Paddington? I believe. Yes, who was actually cast as Paddington last minute. It was originally meant to be Colin Firth, who said he couldn't get the bare voice right. And I'm so glad because actually it worked out perfectly with Ben Whishaw because he brings a kind of like, like just his young, Softness. like, yeah, he's younger and he's softer and it ended up working right for the character. But I mean, it was a very last minute change up. I think it was as far as like post-production that they ended up. Oh really? There you He's go, got yeah. some serious ranges, Ben Wishaw. I always just remember him as the guy in Lurkake who offers uh, Daniel Craig cocaine. Do you want a line? Do you want to do a line, mate? <laughs> Knock yourself out. Also excited to see him in Mary Poppins Returns. Oh yeah, oh, that, that might be the yeah. blockbuster of the summer season, huh? There you go. What else you got for season? Um, oh, last thing no, to mention about Paddington no. 3. The only thing is Paul King is probably not going to be directing it, though he'll be involved in some way. And it's because his career is totally taking off. He's directing the live action Pinocchio and probably also the Willy Wonka remake. Ooh. Sorry, I wanted to wrap the news on that. Okay. that was yeah. like the plug. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Made okay, sense. Bohemian Rhapsody is doing oh, amazing at the box office. Bohemian Rhapsody, you kind of... 
You went went up there. Yeah, you did. Oh, you've got you got. Well, I like how you say certain things. You say YouTube. YouTube. That's because correct. you're Amer- I know you're American. No, that's correct. No, it's YouTube. It YouTube. No, it's not. You don't YouTube. No, it's How not. How did I say it in Cork? Uh, I'm not dignifying that. Oh, 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 oh too big there. for that, oh, is yeah, it? Huh? Too big for that. Just yeah. say YouTube, Dave. I won't. <gasps> I'll never say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Continue. Um, it's after making $141 million worldwide, which is almost three times back its production budget. It's number one in the Irish box office at the moment, by the way. And it opened to $50 million domestically, making it the second biggest domestic opening for a musical biopic of all time after I, Straight Outta Compton. I think it's. I think that's really interesting because, and I know you you really liked it, but there's, is, does this further proof that there's a disconnect between film critics and audiences? Because The Guardian actually wrote an article. Yeah. I was going to say, week, the garden. Yeah. but like, but I mean, there's obviously uh, something to be said for that because they got an A cinema score from audiences. Yes, mm. it's the point here. I mean, I know that's a completely different conversation, but and I and I know again that you really yeah. liked it. But it's the point here, like, there needs to be some sort of correlation between what audience want to see and what critics are telling them are good and bad. See, this is exactly what I was saying to Brian when we were reviewing it because I know he didn't like it, and I said, but it's a crowd. Pe- pleaser yeah that's exactly how it described it and that's what people want from their movies yeah. i don't think that they're really looking for something that's going to like kind of make them think and something that's revolutionary in terms of cinema although maybe if they're looking for that you know they'll look out for you know reviews by particular critics who they know are you know looking out for that up but their own holes i believe the phrase is they just, <laughs> they just want to be entertained and they want to leave the cinema with a big smile on their face and that's why a movie like this does um, does well and why a film like The Grinch I think is going to do really yeah. well you know uh, and there's like from what I heard about Bohemian Rhapsody the last 20 minutes are amazing yeah yes. the, yeah. the entire live aid section is incredible yeah. like I mean like okay the the issue that I had with Bohemian Rhapsody and just to repeat there's this there's going to be a sequel so we stuck a star away yeah. <laughs> you're never going to let that go are you no. you're never going <laughs> to let that go alright um, the problem I, and like I said this I was like I am a big Queen fan I love Queen and I understand that there is something about their music that is very much a- appealing to a broad base um, wow and, that sounded almost kind of snobby no 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 I don't mean that at all what I mean is, is that like you know the movie the was mainstream no- likes it no what I mean is, is that like I'm Brian I'm real cool I'm a hipster anyways what I was trying to say was was that that like, was my impression of you yeah I got that um, it was a bad one <laughs> Um, what I was trying to say was was that like the the film was always going to have to have a broad appeal. That's what I mean. It was yes. going to have to have a broad appeal. What's wrong any, with that? Anything with a budget has to have a broad appeal. True, but like it was just the story, the real story itself was more interesting oh, rather than the kind were of... Were you there? No, I wasn't there. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that the kind of the mollycoddled kind of very clearly constructed version that we saw... Felt like it was a bit of an I insult. haven't seen the film, right? right? But it would seem to me that it's more of a celebration of Queen. Exactly. No? Exactly. And is there anything wrong with that? No, there isn't. There isn't, but like... Where did you grab your boobs there? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but what I mean is, is that like, I say this is like, it's weird. a bio, it's a biopic. <laughs> not a, it's been sold as a biopic. And I was like, oh, the only thing more extraordinary than their music was his story. It's not telling his story. It's just telling, you know, the greatest hits, like. But I mean, like... That's what I'm... That's the problem. Yeah, but we were talking about the involvement of uh, Brian yeah, May I, and... 
I get that. Yeah, John D. Yeah, or Roger Taylor and Brian May. Yeah, they yes. were involved, so obviously they're going to give a sanitized version of it. I understand that. It's worked to a degree, though. You could argue that, right? Oh, no, I mean, that people are really enjoying it. Of course. And as well, they wanted it to be a bit more balanced and to bring in, like, what the other members of Queen were True. going through and their relationships to him and their relationship to the movie and the band's development. And it, it, I thought it touched on all of that. You know, it's a lot to put in, like, a two-hour yeah. long movie. I mean, I mean, but the issue that Brian May had was it to do with you know maybe not wanting to go into the darker aspects yeah. of Freddie Mercury's life as he passed away from AIDS and and yeah. more celebrate him and have him remembered for the music which is why mm. people love him. True, I don't think there's anything wrong. No, with I that. don't, th- don't no, think. No, I'm not so either. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just simply saying that like there's a denser movie there. Exactly, that's it. There is a denser, more real, more authentic story to be told than what we got. That's it. That's well, all I, I also say. think that. The music of Queen features really heavily in it. And I think that the music of Queen tends to be more kind of happier and and celebratory and everything. So I thought that it kind of gelled together really well in that respect, you know, and it felt like the story fit the music and vice versa. Very much so. so. I mean, like, I mean, and the kind of the gas thing about it is the fact that Queen were hated by when they were in their prime Queen yeah. were hated by critics yeah. critics hated Queen I was saying how meta everybody loved them, but everybody loved meta. them like, meta yeah so like it's meta yeah so there you go alright what else you got Dave Once Upon a Deadpool we love our Deadpool news here we do so a sanitised version of Deadpool <laughs> is going to be released so this is a kind of mad idea but sure why not it's going to be re-released <laughs> with festive cheer, no F-bombs, a family-friendly version. Um, some extra scenes have been filmed for it, especially. 20th Century Fox plan to release it on December 12th, but we don't have news of an Irish release yet. Ryan Reynolds has said, Fox have, has been asking me for a PG-13 basically since the start of 2006. I've said no since 2006. Now, this one time I said yes on two conditions. One, a portion of the proceeds have to go to charity and the charity of choice is going to be Fudge Charity, which he previously donned, remember, the pink Deadpool suit yeah. for? Mm. So he obviously has ties with the charity and everything. Second, I wanted to kidnap Fred Savage. The second condition <laughs> took some explaining. And if you see, um, he's actually teased an image of it on Twitter. I'll get Charlotte to throw it up on the video. Um, and it's of him like sitting in the bed. Remember, like he was yeah. Yeah, Princess, Princess Bride, Bride yeah. and Deadpool reading to him, which is amazing. Oh, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be fun. I don't, I think, I don't think I don't think Ryan Reynolds would do this. Who I wonder who directed the? Do we know who directed the extra scenes? I think that's kind of old. Wasn't David Leach? Was there that really come back? That or? would be cool. So. But I mean, you also have to remember it's a sanitized, family-friendly yeah. scene, so maybe they wouldn't need David Leach's, you know, yeah. command of. Action, action, action and violence for those. Maybe it was Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Maybe it could have been. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited to see how this is going to turn out. Like, I, I like yeah. it's just I'm, I'm I'm literally just like, how in the name of Jesus are you going to make that into a PG-13 film? How just, is that just gonna bleep work? out all the bold words? Like I, I can't. Or is it just going to keep on cutting to him reading the story? I, maybe something I, like I, that. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. Like I don't know how they're going. I'm excited to yeah. see how it's going to look. It'll probably be terrible, but I don't care. Like it's still. PG-30. I don't know if it's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be funny. Yeah, it'll be funny. Yeah. Well, that's all you want. Really. And then you as well. You have to remember the whole. Um, you know, idea that 20th Century Fox is probably going to be under Disney. Soon. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be kind of funny seeing what a Disney version of Deadpool could look That's like. That's true. You know? Yeah. So meta again. Meta again. Yeah. Oh, this is all self-referential, full frontal male nudity, and all going on this week. 
There we go. This <laughs> show has everything. Would you listen to this show, producer Dave, if you didn't produce this show? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe no, him. Don't believe I don't believe I don't saying. I don't believe you. You didn't you didn't put enough didn't put enough pizzazz into that. I don't put pizzazz in anything. That's a fair point. He is dead. He most dead. certainly do not. Um okay, so uh the revisit this week. As is Brian Lloyd's want, this is his segment. He has his own show coming up that is based on this segment. Which he hasn't named yet. Which he still hasn't named um, because, you know, Brian's got a phenomenal memory for movie quotes where he will verbatim remember movie quotes. This is true. But we'll forget what day it is and forget to turn up for work and stuff. That I've has ne- happened. I've, that I've has never happened. forgotten to turn up for work. I have never forgotten to turn up for work. I've forgotten screenings already. That's happened plenty that's of for, That's you forgetting to turn up to work because that's what you do for a living. All right. Okay. Fair. Fair, fair point. Fair point. So, because so, Dee was saying, because the movie we're doing this week is up in the air. Last year I flew 350,000 miles. All the things you probably hate about traveling are warm reminders that I am home. Welcome back, Mr. Bingham. I am a passenger. And I said this yesterday, because Brian wasn't in the office yesterday, and then Dee had to go to the widow screening last night, so she was like, I only got to watch half, half of it. it yeah. Which, to be fair, fair play to you for... for yeah, for doing, yeah, It's great so far, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bummed I couldn't watch anymore, but I was like, I was actually like this. But I mean, yeah. if we hadn't have done that, it would have been Brian basically telling us before we rolled, yeah, yeah do I don't know, the dark night. <laughs> <laughs> It's very much of its time. No, it's actually heat leather. Like, I actually got I actually got a tweet off um, a chap who was like, "Yeah, you need to do headers again on the revisit. You totally butchered it the last time." I was like, "Yeah, okay, we'll do a proper revisit of the headers. So we will do that. Okay, we no, will do we that. won't. Nah, we're not doing the same movie. Obviously, producer Dave's put his foot down. It's too late. It's too late. Should have made an effort to begin with, Brian. You know what? Don't worry, because knowing you guys, you can talk about any topic and pull it back to whatever you want. So something related to Christian Slater or something will or come only up the brave. and then you can revisit it. Only Brave. Yeah. Have you watched Only the Brave yet? Have you watched it yet? No, I'm not going to watch it. It's very good. Oh, it just it. sounds like there's too much testosterone in yeah, it or something. Yeah, but it's about men and the fire. Oh, I hate those kind of movies, like Master and Commander. Oh, I think you're, no, actually, no. Uh, quick, Master and Commander's a great film. Quick no, aside before not. we go into Open the Air. Um, I think you really like it. It's, re- it's actually really good. Really good performances, really good soundtrack and it's a true story and it's heartbreaking. It's Very on the sad. list but it's <laughs> lower on it. Fair point, fair enough. We, we've actually, by, by endorsing this movie heavily, we've ruined it. <laughs> you kind of have. Because <laughs> people are like, it's the kind of movie Brian and Mike could like go Although on about. Although I did get around to seeing Stronger. Yeah. And that's really good. It is really good. Yeah. Jake John Hall is very good. good. Okay, so let's talk up in the air. Um, This is a Jason Reitman movie from 2009. Yeah. He was just coming off Juno. Juno? Juno? Juno. Juno. Which which obviously got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. He got nominated. um, uh, Ellen Page got nominated. Um, Diablo Cody actually won. Um, and it was supposed to be Jim Carrey, I believe, was supposed to be in the lead role of this. Obviously, ended up being George Clooney. Mm. And it was funny because at the time, and I mean, even now, although he's a billionaire now, I think technically George mm. Clooney, so he's got that FU one, you can do pretty much what he wants. He was still, he's still seen as this matinee, old school. Bankable, yeah. bank, well, not even bankable, but just as matinee, old school movie star. Carrie Yeah. And it's always, that's the that's when he's liking to the most, I think. And it's always, um, bit, like, it's always kind of seen as, well, the, those type of actors can't really act. You know, that's, yeah. you know, they're not seen as the, you know, the character actors or the whatever, right? He's phenomenal in this. This is one, his, like, this is a great movie and he's the best thing about it. Um, it's, he basically plays a guy who um, fires people for a living and has to travel all over America. To Downsizing, fire people. Consultant. Downsizing consultant. Yeah. And that's, a, it's during the recession in America. And there's one scene, Anna Kendrick is in it as well. Um, Jason Bateman is in it. 
and there's one scene in it where they have to go to Detroit and there's these little asides there's just these little moments as they're walking into the building that his, first of all his chemistry with Anna Kendrick is fantastic he's yeah. got this kind of fatherly older brotherly chemistry with Anna Kendrick just trying to explain stuff to her um, about the, the business that they have because her whole thing is she comes into this company and she's basically saying you can fire people over the internet so you're talking about subtext and you're talking about um, all of that kind of you know filmmaking you know yeah. style of getting a point across without kind of underlining it yeah. Jason Reitman does it superbly from the start he has all of these people who've recently been let go who've been made redundant from the jobs just honestly telling their story and he comes back to them then again at the end and if you actually listen to the, watch the credits or li- about a couple of minutes through the credits some guy sent Jason Bateman a song and he's like oh I've just recently been let go here's a song I hope you might want to put it in your movie and he puts all that in wow. so That's it's re- it yeah. is it's an excellent film and it's totally perfect uh, Clooney's got the perfect amount of gravitas um, and charm like the man can make absolutely yeah. anything charming but there's a scene in this film where um, I'm trying to I don't want that to ruin it so I know you're about halfway through it ah it's fine I know yeah, there's a scene in it so <laughs> he's having a fling with Vera Farmiga's character um, who's also the kind of would seem to be ostensibly at least a male version of him and he goes to meet her you know goes to turn up and surprise her because there's a whole sequence in it before that that's very old school romantic comedy where there's a montage and they're like oh they're he's running through the airport yes yeah, yeah. and he turns up at her house and she turns out she's married with kids and the devastation on George Clooney's face as he's getting a shuttle um, to the airport and she calls him and he's talking to her is the best acting of his career and he yeah. won an Oscar before but it really he was nominated for Up in the Air but it is an absolutely incredible performance and not just you know, one that we just relied purely on the charm you know the moments felt real and mm. there's not a lot of movie stars you can say that about because I think for a lot of the time as well they're generally so ridiculously good looking that you're like that's I George Clooney I can't buy him yeah that's mm. George Clooney I mean even for whatever movie George Clooney be a Brad Pitt be whoever like, that's what are you talking about that's Brad Pitt you know it does take a moment they need to be that good um, to not drag you out of the moment um, when was the last time you've seen this Brian? I saw this about uh, a year and a half two years ago um, no, for the yeah. first time or you'd seen it before no I'd seen it before I saw it when it was out in cinemas and then I saw it again about two years ago um, yeah what I will say about this film is, is that you're absolutely right like it's very like subtly done and very quietly done and there is something about George Clooney's character in it that I feel is kind of like quietly desperate like you know that yeah. kind of way the fact that he has to go around doing these talks where he's about you know or you just you have to be able to carry everything in your in your life in your in your backpack. Yeah, he's you know, like got this talk in a backpack. He does these keynote speeches and he's saying, yeah. "Take the stuff out," and hey, you know, your life's better because you don't have to carry all. You don't these have people. to carry stuff yeah. around. Yeah, but like, I mean, that feels like it's almost him sort of rationalizing his choice. You yeah, know, that sort of way. that feels like what it is. Subtext, Brian. Subtext, and like the thing of it is, is and this is just for me. And I was, I remember I talked to Anya about this, um, who was our content officer, because. Me and her were both in a similar situation in that we used to travel a lot for our jobs. And well, well she was coming back and forth from Australia. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying like as in just if you have if you have to travel a lot for your job and you're spending a lot like, of time yeah, from home yeah, yeah, staying in hotels, yeah. this film really kind of gets it, like, because it's the sort of thing that it's like you'll eventually become so disconnected from your house and from your home and from where all your stuff is that you're kinda like, Do I actually even need any of that? I can just leave that there. I don't need to come back to it. Like, yeah. but then of course you realize that like, you know, having connections, having personal connections with people is what actually makes you human. You know, that kind of way and not this automaton. That's just what did of, you, what did you make of the end of the movie of him looking up at that board? I'd be interested to see your take on this um, as well when you finally see I it. I thought it was really sad. Yeah. I thought it was really sad. Like I did, like 
I, again, but, did you, but did you not get the moment where he t- where he talks to Anna Kendrick and she's like, if I, you know, had those amount I of miles, I seen that scene. Yeah, <laughs> would go and just pick a place on the board. Yeah. So there's that moment where is that what he's doing, or is he just getting back on the? I think he's just getting back on it. Like, yeah. I think he's just getting back on the saddle because he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know anything but this life, and like. Again, it's that thing of him... The whole film, I feel like it's him trying to rationalise his life choices. And then when he actually decides to confront it and actually go to Vera Farmiga and say, hey, I'm ready to stop all this and let's settle down. And she's like, no, I've... I'm already settled down. You were my fling. You were my yeah. moment. You're of not real life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, isn't like he kind of personifies this freedom, this idea of like that he can go wherever he wants and do does whatever he wants. Whereas Vera Farmiga kind of dips her toe in a little bit. You know that yeah. kind of way. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's a very sad film. Like, it's a yeah. very very sad film. Like, I always whenever I watch it, I'm always like, oof. There's a great Sam Elliott scene too. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He like he just turns up and it's like he's in it in one scene. And you can see George Clooney's like, oh God, I don't want to go through this now. Yeah. But um, I want Sam Elliott to give me life advice. Right? To, oh, to yeah. uh, commandingly tell me what I should do with myself. And be like, you're right, Sam Elliott. But like, isn't it and funny? I'm, mustache, I love it. It's because it's like, it, 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 it's actually funny because that scene in it where the two of them and he's all like, I have so many questions. And it's almost like he's met the Dalai Lama or something. <laughs> he's like, I've got so many questions. And he's all like, well, thanks a lot. And we really appreciate your business. And he's all like, Huh, kind of thing, you know. It's it's yeah. It's a really it's a very sad movie. It's a very sad movie. I can only ever watch it once or twice. It might have been the first voice star review I ever gave. Really? Yeah. Uh, back in the day when Why? I was a critic. We all remember <laughs> the first five star review. Yeah, ever forget your first five star review? Then again, it may not have been, but uh, I just remember loving it and been blown yeah. away by it. And it's going back and seeing that it's still as good, and actually picking up stuff that you either forgot about yeah. or you didn't pick up the first time too. I do think there it's. I think Open Air is a good example of a film that, like, if you were to watch it when you're 18 or 20, it wouldn't have any resonance. Yeah. But if you have a few years and you have yeah. kind of life experience and then you see what George Clooney was going through or you can approximate it to your own life, then yeah. it'll have more of an impact. Like It's like about Schmidt, like, you know, about Schmidt, the one with... Jack um, Nicholson, yeah. Jack Nicholson, yeah. yeah. I remember watching that years ago, like, years and years ago. And it was like, I don't really find it funny. And the person who I'd watched it at the time was... She was in her fifties or sixties, and she was like, "Yeah, no, it was it was an ex girlfriend's mother. It was an ex girlfriend's mother, um, and she was like, no, you need a few.' What? No, it was not. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Was well, not you, like well that. we know you have a thing for older women. Yeah, right? but like, not like that. Anyways, I thought you were on a date with this older woman. No, I. No, That's it what wasn't. it sounded. No, it, it sounded like that. But it, okay. Anyways, um, sorry, Brian. You had a point. <laughs> Need to ruin for you. <laughs> she was saying that it was one of those things you need to be older in order to appreciate what that film is about. Oh, she said that. And now that you're old, over fifty, you can watch it. No, I, I just I was like at the time I was quite young and I I wasn't getting what they were talking about and it's the same in Up in the Air. Yeah. I think if you were to watch it and you're in your, you know, early twenties, I don't think it'll have the same impact. I get what you mean. I mean, at the time, my context was I was doing a lot of movie junkets, so I was back like every yeah. week, yeah. and I was on I was doing stuff for TV as well, so I was back and forth from, and that's London. Yeah, but yeah. it's the same kind of thing because if you find, I mean, Clooney's character obviously thrives on it, but I I find airports exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Just the stress of trying to get through and blah blah blah, and there's lots of people around and getting on the plane. Some people are queuing, some people aren't queuing. Don't like airports. Not a big fan. I'm gonna end up living in the woods. I mean, but a lot of people don't like airports. A lot yeah. of people don't like flying. Like it's, 
I don't know anyone who enjoys the experience. Like yeah. you either dislike it or you're kind of completely neutral to it, yeah. you know, and that's your way of coping. It's way worse when you smoke. I mean, I'm so glad I don't smoke anymore because like airports when you smoke are just the worst. Because it's just, you can't go anywhere. You're you like, can't. outside is right there. Yeah, I can it's see just it. like, I could literally just pick up this chair and smash it through the window and then I can have a smoke. Like, um, But yeah, no, it's, yeah, airports are the worst. That's like it. it. Let's, let's, let's leave the show on that. Yeah, airports you're very, awful. You're very quiet this week, producer Dave. You all right? What? <laughs> we were asleep. We were asleep. No, 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 I was listening. I'm just, it's all a new baby. I have to. You have so much to do. Spinning. Yeah, you know. Yeah, fair You've got your deck. You've so, got your certain laptop. people like to get loud and then quiet and then loud. And, <laughs> you know, so you have to you have to work hard. <laughs> you have to work hard. Lots I don't think I'm that loud and quiet and loud. I'm just I'm perpetually cool luck. Yeah, but you got what's to a cool luck exactly? Thanks, Dave. Thanks for helping us. We appreciate it. Made your work first. No worries. Thanks for Charlotte Reed and production, the TV stuff. Thanks, you guys. You look twelve. You look 12 like this. See you next week. You know that moment when you look into somebody's eyes and you can feel them staring into your soul and the whole world goes quiet? Yes. Right, well, I don't.